Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Project Loving Myself Podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. Even though the world may not be the way you want it to be, it doesn't mean that you fail in whatever it is you're doing. You just need to adapt to different circumstances. You're listening to Project Loving Myself Podcast. A well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal and this is the Project Loving Myself podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. peeps, this is Sanaya on the very first episode of season two of the Project Loving Myself podcast. So over the holiday break, I wanted to start this new season with something that would really help everyone who is listening in. The new year has just about started. We have all pretty much gotten our feet wet and are starting to settle into 2021. Now 2020 took us all by surprise. Some of us had to scramble to deal with the changes that the pandemic brought, while others were better prepared. I truly believe that knowledge is power, and information helps you make better decisions, which leads to better outcomes for you. So I've got the lowdown on what to expect from 2021 from a very special guest who I've known for about five years now. I've seen her work and been on the receiving end of her services, so I completely vouch for what our guest has to share on today's very interesting episode. Suzanne Schutz is a Chinese metaphysics master, having studied with Grandmaster Dato Joey Yap, and she holds four master's degrees in Chinese metaphysics. She is a public speaker and instructor who bridges the gap between local Chinese metaphysics masters who rarely explain their practices and procedures, and cosmopolitan clients who require and need a more modern and adaptive approach, a deeper understanding, and also rationale for the remedies presented. In particular, she provides feng shui consulting for residential and commercial projects. She's very passionate about bringing the true spirit of feng shui into a modern context. She uses feng shui, bazi astrology, and Chinese date selection to advise clients on their career and wealth prospects, on matters of relationships, investments, or even health and academic purposes. But I'll let her tell you more about what she does. I think I've set the stage for what I believe will be a riveting conversation that is really going to give you a better idea of what you can do 
with 2021. Welcome, Suzanne. I can't wait to get this topic started. Hi, Sanaya. I'm excited to talk to you. It's been uh, quite a while, Suzanne, since we've connected. So I'm really looking forward to learning a lot about what has been going on from a feng shui perspective. Yeah, it's been quite a, quite a few years and lots has happened in between. That's for sure. Now, before we talk about anything else, Suzanne, let's talk about the elephant in the room. What happened with 2020? I mean, from your perspective, from everything that you've studied and that you know, what does 2020 mean? What were all those challenges, calamities? What does classical feng shui say about what happened? Well, before I explain what it actually means, what happened in 2020, you need to understand that in order to analyze it, we can't look at feng shui. Feng shui is for buildings, right? So it doesn't actually explain what's going on on a global scale. So when we do an outlook for a year, we look at astrology, not at feng shui. Feng shui is really just up for built up structures. And there's always a bit of a misconception about that. So from a global perspective, we would look into astrology uh, that can explain what happens internationally, but also per country or for individual people, right? So just to set the stage. Now, 2020 was a very upsetting year, and we knew in winter 2019 that it was going to be quite a difficult year just because it was the year of the metal rat. And the metal rat year is always very, very difficult. Metal rat year usually brings paranoia, a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, a lot of mental and emotional health issues. And a lot of people become very, very aggressive. So that was a given and we knew that already by late 2019. The last time we had a metal rat year was when the Cold War started. So that's kind of the energy that usually comes in. Now, what we didn't know was that we would have a pandemic. So when we look at a year and we see it's challenging, usually we assume that it's going to be challenging on a social level or maybe on an economic level. The reason why almost all masters missed the fact that the pandemic was going to happen was because there is no precedent in Chinese astrology or in any astrology systems to predict a pandemic. Because when those systems were developed, the world was not connected. So a pandemic may have happened, but you don't know because you never travel further than your village, right? Mm -hmm. So you would never even know about it. Therefore, nobody would have recorded the markers for such a thing. Now, The year of the Earth Peak 2019 was actually the starting point for what happened in 2020. It didn't happen in 2020, it happened in 2019. When we had the Earth Peak year, pig is a water element and it was combined with Earth. When you mix Earth and water, you get mud, so you get contamination. Right. Right. And so contamination then usually brings illness. So when SARS happened, for example, it was there was also an earth water year. So every time something a global contamination happens, we usually see an earth uh, water sort of combination. Now, the reason it happened in the way it did or why it became so serious and critical was because we are moving into a completely new 
time frame from a metaphysics point of view. So in Chinese metaphysics, we look at time in 20 year increments and all the, every 20 year increment is called a period. Okay. So they're all together nine periods. They're all associated with different elements and such. But we are on the way of moving into period nine, which is a fire period. And the fire period is usually very aggressive. It brings a lot of changes. And this particular fire period is going to bring massive changes in terms of technology. Now, the world was not ready for any of that at all. We, we're all connected technologically and, you know, we're all online, Facebook and whatnot. That's all there. But we actually needed a quantum leap and we were literally not there at all. And so the reason this whole thing happened in 2020 was for us to be forced to make that quantum leap because all of a sudden, everything we did had to happen in a cloud, right? Everything. You couldn't go to the office anymore. It, like absolutely everything we did had to be transformed in such a way that we could actually conduct our entire daily lives virtually online. And this is why, from a metaphysics perspective, and really in a nutshell, why this all happened, so that we're ready going forward into period nine and can actually conduct our lives in such a way that we are period nine compliant, so to speak. Compliant. I like that word. I do agree. I agree that we had to take, you know, literally leaps forward. We had to change the ways we were doing things from business to even, you know, how we run our homes. I also do agree that it has pushed a lot of us in directions that we, we weren't ready, perhaps, at that time to go into, but now we are. Um, so I do see the benefits. But would you say that, you know, keeping in mind that each individual has their own astrological sign element and so on, that that also would dictate or did dictate the kind of experience we had with, you know, the year of the metal rat, if I'm correct, metal rat, is that correct? Metal rat. Yeah. Last year was the year of the metal rat. Right. So some of us had better experiences. Some of us had pretty bad experiences. So do our own, um, you know, birth years have something to do with that? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, our birth charts, they interact with the chi or with the energy of the incoming year. Right. And if you if you are in alignment with the chi, then obviously you're going to have an easier life at the dealing with challenges that come your way. However, it doesn't mean that if your birth chart is not in sync with the incoming year's energy, that you will fail. That's not the case. That's not how Chinese astrology works at all. The way Chinese astrology works is that we look at how you are going to interact with the coming year. And if we see that there may be problems or challenges or things that make it difficult for you to adapt, we find ways around it so that even with an average sort of outlook, you can still be successful. Yeah, it's not set in stone. Chinese astrology is all about free will. So what you make of a year is entirely up to you. Now, if you were someone who just basically said, okay, well, I'm just going to stay home now and I will wait this out on the sofa watching Netflix until everything goes back to normal, by now you will have missed the train, right? So 
it's because it's never going to go back to normal. It's just not going to happen. It's, it's all a forward movement, not a backward movement. And so what Chinese astrology aims to do is to get you back on track. So basically, this is the conversation, Suzanne, about destiny versus design. So there are sort of destined or predestined events. Good example was the pandemic. It had to happen no matter what we you know, would have expected or wanted. That was something that was going to take place. But how we chose to react to it, how perhaps um, positive or negative we chose to, to see it, definitely influenced by design the experience that we had. So that's essentially what you're saying, correct? Yes, Yes, that's correct. And if you were to sort of, based on your experience, what would you say is the impact maybe of predestined events on our life? Like, is it really kind of a 50-50? You know, we're kind of doing it together. We're working with whatever is coming at us. Or would you say that some people have the ability to use more of that design element in their life, while other people are more vulnerable to the events around them? What are your thoughts on that? No, I think we all start on an even playing field. We are all given certain opportunities at certain points in life, whether or not we take them, that's entirely up to us. But there's no such thing as someone who is born with an infinite amount of luck and therefore life will be easy. It's all about free will choices. And in Chinese metaphysics, we believe that our life is determined by three factors. One would be heaven luck, so the destiny we're born with. One is earth luck, which is the feng shui we decide to live in. So the kind of places, countries, geographical locations we decide to live in. And that's free choice as well, free will. And then man luck. Man luck, again, has to do with your values, with the way you approach life, the kinds of decisions you make. And sure, if you're an idiot, you're just going to squander all the good luck, right? I mean, there's no, I can't prevent that. Not even Chinese metaphysics can do that for you. (laughs) But if you have a fairly good common sense, and unfortunately, that's quite rare, but if you have common sense, you're going to be able to make the right decisions. And With Chinese metaphysics, we do help you make those decisions. So we would say, look, this particular situation is coming your way. You have several options as to how you want to approach this situation. You cannot act at all and be a victim, or you can act in a rash manner, in which case you may get a really poor result, or you can actually act rationally in which case you may struggle, but you're going to go through the situation successfully. And then it's up to you what you choose to do. And, you know, we've all taken stupid decisions in life, knowing full well that we should have done something else. So it's not like it can prevent you from doing stupid things, but we try to help. So Suzanne, what you do is you help people to make better decisions by, you know, looking at the heavenly luck, the earth luck, And then you kind of leave it up to the individual to make their own choice. Because I do, you know, I've worked with you before and I know that you make recommendations that you can do this, you can shift this, you can change this. And then it's really up to us whether we want to actually implement anything you recommend. And sometimes things are a little bit more complicated or a little bit more difficult and some are easier to do. So at the end of the day, it's our choice how much we want to design, I would say, 
our life uh, based on the principles of, let's say, astrology or feng shui. And I know you blend a couple of different um, things in the work that you do. Now, Suzanne, for all the people listening in, I know me as well as all the other people are very curious about what does 2021 hold for us? I mean, we're getting into the year of metal ox this February. So of course, this episode is so fitting because we're just about to get into it. What should we expect? What is the outlook from your perspective? Yeah, so the year of the metal ox, even though obviously we're all hoping that this is going to be so much better than the year of the metal rat, it's still not going to be an easy year. The metal ox year will start on February 3rd, 2021. So we're just about a week away from that. And just from an energetic point of view, we will look at the first six months of the year uh, still being very, very difficult. Not so much in terms of the pandemic, even though obviously that is ongoing, but uh, we will start seeing the economic repercussions of what happened last year. The pandemic, we now know what we need to do. Now it's just about actually doing it, right? And so um, that is on its way. And the forecast in terms of global health matters is such that the world will recover. It is not going to disappear. It will always be there, but we will know how to deal with it and we will get it under control. So that is definitely a positive sign. But from an economic point of view, it's really getting very difficult this year. And we would recommend people usually to have, if possible, at least six to eight months cash reserves on hand for this year to just get by. So the economic repercussions, this is based on the year of the metal ox. Like that is really what it's saying that economically we're going to have a little bit of a rough time. I would not say a little bit. It's going to be a rough year, right? So globally, it's going to be a very rough year. Personally, it doesn't have to be because again, even though, the world may not be the way you want it to be. It doesn't mean that you fail in whatever it is you're doing. You just need to adapt to different circumstances, right? So the year itself is going to be challenging. We're going to look more towards 2022 and onwards for things to really kind of pick up again, which means that this year we really need to be resilient and need to make smart decisions that do not come from a place of because that's what we did last year everything we did last year was kind of coming from a place of oh my god what the hell is happening everything was just in a panic and now we know what to do it's not easy but we can get through it just be smart about it so what can an individual knowing that this is going to be this you know this kind of a year what can we do like how can we handle it better given that this is what we have to deal with so As I said, I mean, ideally, try to have some cash reserves, we say six to eight months, making Mm -hmm. sure that even if you have no income, that you can sustain yourself for six to eight months. I know that for many people, that's not possible. That's the ideal scenario. But from a metaphysics point of view, we really try to blend or do our best to blend feng shui with Baza astrology to make things smoother for you and make sure that you are actually getting through this year in a successful way. And from a feng shui perspective, it's actually perfect because 
previously, before all this shit happened, we slept at home and the rest of the time we spent outside the home at an office. Now we're doing everything from home, which makes your home extremely powerful and really critical for the success of your 2021. And we also shifted the, the way we approach a home audit. A home audit now is not just a residential audit anymore. You have to treat it more like a commercial audit because we're working from home now. And so that approach has completely changed as well. You're earning your money from home. And so with that and looking at your astrology chart, we can tell you where, how you can make money, where you should see a gap in the market, where you should act. But the critical thing is really taking action. Nothing is just going to fall into your lap. You need to know how your energy interacts with the year of the metal ox and then how to benefit, how to make the most of it. Okay, so... Given that there are differences from a feng shui, classical feng shui point of view, and you mentioned Bazi astrology, hmm. can you just explain that, Suzanne? So I think that for our audience to really understand that we have our own astrological element, and then there's also the feng shui aspect. Can you just define that and just simplify it so we can make it easier for our listeners yes. to process this? So very, very simply put. If I see in your astrology chart that you're going to be made redundant, let's say in July 2021, there, and now we're in January, I can tell you now what you need to do to either prevent being made redundant or to find a new job before this happens or to start your own business and then where to get the energies in your home that you need for any of these three actions to make this happen. And so that's astrology. No, that blends astrology with feng shui. So I check your chart and see what's likely going to happen. And then, so if I say, if I see you're going to be made redundant, I'm going to ask you, okay, look, there's going to be a massive change in your job. Do you want to stay in the company? Then we got to upskill you and make you indispensable. Do you want to change jobs? In which case we need to make sure that you have job opportunities coming in. Or do you want to uh, start your own business? In which case we need to give you the courage, the inspiration and the right partners. What do you want? Once you tell me what you want, I can then look at the feng shui setup of your home and make sure that the energies that you need are being triggered. And this involves a lot of calculations. Yes. For the feng shui. Both Baza and feng shui. Yeah. Okay, got it. Now, let's talk a little bit about qi or chi. How does it work and how does it impact our life? So going a little bit yeah. deeper into this. So chi is essentially life force. It's the energy we all live with. And it's intangible. You can't see it. But it's it surrounds us. It's, it's around us everywhere, right? And so... Very simply put, I mean, sometimes you walk into a room or you walk into a place and you just don't feel good. It, there's just a heaviness about the place or it feels dark, even though maybe there are windows everywhere. There's just like a heaviness about it. That means that the chi, that the chi flow, the energy flow or the life force is not really vibrant. We have all felt this at one point or another. Now, if you want to really understand chi 
um, all you need to do is rub your hands together for about 10 seconds. And once you do that, you will feel that your hands get really, really hot. And then you slowly move your hands apart and you can kind of form a ball with that heat that you've, that you've developed. And if you then stick a finger in that in, in a visible ball of energy, you can feel the energy moving. And that is qi. That's literally the easiest way to, to describe qi. You cannot see it, but you feel full well that it is there. And our job as feng shui consultants is to identify where these high energy spots are in your home, whether they be negative or positive. And then obviously we will encourage you to make use of the positive ones while we try to block the negative ones. Okay. And so I dabbled in a little bit of feng shui when I uh, first got into well-being and in, in my own personal journey. So that was maybe about 14 years ago. And I took a couple of classes in feng shui. And I remember that the teacher I had at that point, she just sort of helped me rearrange the furniture in my space. She asked me to put different things, you know, certain colors and so on. And what I noticed is that my space just felt better. Like energy seemed to be moving better. I felt more positive in that room. So how does that work? And I know that's not necessarily what you do, but how does that work with um, chi? So I don't know how it works what you did, because in classical feng shui, that's not how we approach qi flow. So we don't put things, we don't really work with colors because they do not have any impact on qi flow or feng shui whatsoever. Like there's zero impact. In classical feng shui, we measure out by compass degrees where we have certain energies. And then rather than putting an object, we put you there, right? Because what how better to make use of positive energy than placing yourself into that area only when that is absolutely not possible then we trigger it with water for example but not with anything else okay so the the kind of feng shui i was talking about is what most people understand as feng shui which i know we've had conversations before about how Hmm. that's very different from what you practice now can you explain that Suzanne, because I know a lot of people, you know, they go online and they just kind of read up about feng shui or they follow some recommendations online. And it talks really about changing the colors or perhaps, you know, the arrangement of the furniture, putting, you know, three pieces of, uh, I don't know, a vase or something in, in one window. So I've, I've worked with that before. And what, what is that then compared to what you're doing? Okay, so that's basically a placebo effect. Okay. If it makes you feel better to put a yellow curtain somewhere, then great. I'm not going to object to that, but it has absolutely nothing to do with feng shui. The the truth is that colors do impact us. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you love red, then whenever you're in an environment where there's a lot of red, you're going to feel better. But it doesn't have anything to do with feng shui. It's really just a personal preference. Right? That it really has no impact for us, what we do, we actually redirect chi flow. And doing that, you can tap into the energies that are available. A color is not going to do that. Okay. But pl- the placebo effect is obviously a psychological effect. If you believe that a certain thing is going to make you feel better, then of course it's going to do that, but it will not have a long-lasting effect for sure. 
Okay. So it might temporarily help, or it might make us feel better in a certain space, but it won't necessarily change our luck or it won't change something that's meant to happen. So that's it will not change the chi. It will not change the energetic blueprint of your place. Okay. Now how about clutter? Because I know that you do some work with clutter as well. So from a feng shui perspective, does clutter really block our abundance and our energy? Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so it doesn't necessarily block your abundance. What it does, it basically, it blocks the chi flow. If you have a lot of clutter, then energy cannot flow. And it's being slowed down by whatever is lying around, by whatever blockages you've put in the way of the energy flow. And once the energy slows down, it becomes slower and slower. It starts to stagnate and then eventually it dies. So there's no more vibrancy anywhere in your property. Whether that impacts your abundance or your relationships or your health depends on where the clutter is located. So if the clutter is located in an area that would otherwise be very helpful to your wealth potential, then yes, that type of abundance is being blocked. If you find it in an area that is responsible for relationships, then that particular aspect of life would be blocked. So Suzanne, tell me a little bit more about clutter. I know that clutter from a functional perspective can have repercussions on our life. So tell me a little bit about your understanding of that. So from a feng shui perspective, clutter slows down the energy or the chi, the life force in your place, right? So any area that is blocked by clutter will slow down the life force, will cause it to become stagnant, and eventually it's going to die, the energy in that particular space. Now, if that particular space is responsible for your wealth, then obviously that's not going to help with any sort of money, financial or career related activities because everything is blocked. The same applies if the clutter appeared in your, in the area where you have the best relationship energies. And if that is blocked and if you're single, then it's going to be really, really difficult for you to find someone. Or if you're married, you're just going to have not the most harmonious marriage, for example. So this is how clutter impacts you, but it's different for everyone. So in general, for someone who is not quite aware of what areas in their home or space is associated with the different aspects of their life, I mean, the simplest way is avoid clutter, right? I mean, get the clutter out. that's That's the only thing I would recommend. Just do not have clutter in your home because- That, uh, like, you don't need to understand anything about feng shui. If you have clutter, the energies are going to be blocked. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the energies are going to start to feel heavy. And whichever area that then affects is depends on the energy patterns. But from a feng shui perspective, just keep it clutter free. Now, you can put everything in a wardrobe and have the clutter inside the wardrobe. That's fine, but just not everything spread around the house and um, make it so that the energy cannot flow smoothly. Right. But even like, let's say, Suzanne, the wardrobe is in your wealth area and then you have all the clutter in your wardrobe. That's going to be a problem too, right? No, no, that's not a problem because the wardrobe is just a wardrobe. The wardrobe is one object. Okay. So the energy does not have to navigate uh, 
around a thousand objects that are in the way. It's just okay. one wardrobe. Okay. And the wealth energies are not inside the wardrobe. They're outside the wardrobe. Okay. <laughs> so it's more about the the coverage area and just making sure that, you know, that the energy can flow through your spaces harmoniously. Yes. Correct. Because yeah. I know that a lot of different disciplines agree on that. Like I've worked with um, the Marie Kondo approach, Theta Healing. We talk a lot about clutter and we talk about the fact that the minute there's, you know, things piling up or clutter all around you, it signifies that there's some kind of turbulence in your mind or there's just a lot of energy that's not really flowing, whether it's within you or around you. So I'm definitely a big believer on, you know, get the clutter out of your house, clean up, clean out, throw away what you don't need, or rather give it away, but um, essentially make sure your space is working for you rather than against you. Hey, beautiful people. Before we head on to the rest of the episode, I'm sure some of you are wondering how we collab with brands here in Project Loving Myself. And for that, we use Podmetrics. So if you have a podcast, sign up now at podmetrics.co and use the code Project Loving Myself. That's one word, capital P, capital L, capital N. And in that way, you can help support my show as well. And if you are an advertiser who wants to collab with Project Loving Myself, head on over to advertiser.podmetrics.co and fill up the form. Again, that's Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. Now for for 2021, so I want to go back to what we can expect with uh, 2021 in terms of sort of wealth, right? Considering that it is going to be you know, an interesting economic time for, for, for the world, what are some easy feng shui tips? that we could perhaps do on our own, that we can implement for our homes or our office spaces that might maximize this year's wealth energies. Right. So the key is first for you to actually determine what you want to achieve in 2021, right? So the people tend to just activate all the wealth energies in their homes. The problem with that is that uh, each one of these energies is in charge of a different type of wealth energy. So you really need to know exactly what it is you want. Do not activate everything because that will just confuse the energies. So ideally, let's say if you are an employee and you would like to get a little bit more of a salary increment or maybe a bonus, then you would be using the West sector of your home. And you basically measure that from the center of your home, more or less, you stand in the center of your home, you check the compass app that you have on your phone, where's the West, and that's where you locate yourself while you work. If you are looking for a promotion, or if you are a business owner, then it's better to use the Northeast sector. And again, you locate, you position yourself in that area. That is much, much more powerful than just putting a water feature. So what you mean by activating and locating yourself there is to sit there and work from there. You activate it by being there, right? Because the energies are there. And in order to receive them, you need to become the vessel for those energies, right? So that's the easiest 
and most impactful way of using a feng shui remedy. You become the vessel for the energies. Got it. So promotion, or as I said, if you're a business owner, you would use the northeast sector of your home and spend about an hour or two hours per day there. It doesn't have to be the entire time, but just make sure that it's at least an hour per day. So you are infused with those kind of energies. If you are more looking to find helpful people in life, so people who can help you either professionally or personally, if you want to find mentors, if you need to find friends that can help you out of a crisis, you would have to use the South, which means, again, you locate yourself in the South. And then whenever you need help, you pick up the phone in the South. And infused with those energies, you then make those calls. Just putting a water feature there is not really going to help. Now, if you want to actually make yourself indispensable, and if you want to make sure that a company doesn't fire you or make you redundant, then you have to work on raising your own value to the company, meaning you need to know more than other people. So that when it comes to the point where the company decides who should we fire, who should we make redundant, or we definitely don't want to fire this person because she knows everything. So basically you need to upskill. If you want to do that, you learn a new skill in the east of your property, whether that be the home or the office, doesn't matter. But you need to use the east because this helps you with acquiring new knowledge and absorbing the new knowledge. So Suzanne, if I wanted to do, you know, I wanted to be in the Northeast, I also want to be in the South because of the helpful, you know, to connect with helpful people. And I want to also master a couple of new skills. Do I then kind of spend a portion of my day in each of these sectors to activate it? Does it work that way? Yes, you can do that. But we suggest that you focus on one main thing. Okay. Maybe a one secondary thing to not dilute what you're actually absorbing, right? So it's really, it's about setting priorities. And that's something that a lot of people cannot do because we all want everything at the same time, which is tomorrow, right? (laughs) But in order to make this a success, you need to really look at your life. What is it you want to achieve this year? What's the priority? You work on that priority. Once you've reached that goal, then you use the next sector that takes you to the next goal. Right. And that's what we say, actually, in a lot of um, healing methodologies I practice. Know what you want. You have to be very clear about, you know, your visions, your goals, and then, you know, find the remedies or the different tools that are going to help you get there. So thank you for that. I think that is something that could be very, very helpful. Now, can we talk a little bit about Chinese animal zodiac signs? How does one find out what their sign is and how do they use that information? Right. So the easy way is you basically just Google it, right? Chinese zodiac sign and you Google it and there's a lot of chart plotters, free chart plotters online. I've got a free uh, buzzer chart plotter on my website as well. So that's the easiest part. What most people don't understand is that we don't just have an animal of the year. Yeah, so you may be born in the year of the dragon and that's basically how you then go forward and analyze whatever is going to happen in your life. However, 
you may be born in the year of the dragon, in the month of the tiger, in the day of the monkey and the rooster hour. So we can have up to four animal signs in the chart. Sometimes you have just one. If you're born in the year of the dragon, the dragon month, the dragon day, the dragon hour, that's entirely possible, but you may have up to four, right? And so four of those animals interact with the year in different ways. And they predetermine the aspects of your life that may go smoothly and the aspects of your life that may see some challenges. And which one is the most important or are they sort of all important in terms of the day? The day. day. Yes. And I believe that's the one we don't really look at. We normally look at the year. Well, most people don't even know that they have more than one animal sign in the chart, right? I mean, even Chinese people, they basically believe that it's just a year and nothing else. So I see this a lot. And what what's really impactful is the day, because the day represents you. The day represents your strengths, your weaknesses, which determine how you deal with any given situation. And the day also tells you how you can turn a weakness into a strength. The day is responsible for your health throughout your life, and it also predetermines the way you approach relationships. So this is it's really the most important factor, and all the other animals then play with that and interact with your day to form your destiny. So is this what a birth chart reading is about? Um, well... <laughs> No, a birth chart reading is much, much more complex than that. Okay. I was just explaining this in layman's terms. When we do a birth chart reading, we don't really look at animals. There are many other components. So I would say the analysis of the animals are make up maybe 10% of the reading. Okay. The rest is all about elemental affiliation, what kind of auxiliary stars you've got in the chart. I mean, there's a whole, there's many, many different layers. But for lay people, it's easiest to just explain it in terms of animal signs. Got it. Now, you mentioned Chinese people as, you know, I'm sure you have a lot of Chinese clients living in Hong Kong. I generally find that um, the Chinese are very successful financially. And generally, it's a trait that's cultural. Okay. Now, without stereotyping, and of course, I don't really want to generalize, but would you say that this has a lot to do with the fact that they're quite comfortable with the use of feng shui and they use a lot of these practices in your method? So what would you say, considering you work with a lot of these companies and individuals in Hong Kong, is that the case that it's really sort of helping them? Because they're using these tools such as feng shui and that's why they're doing um, financially so well. Would you agree with that? I wouldn't necessarily agree with that because it really doesn't matter whether you are Chinese or any other nationality. Chinese people are not more successful because they use feng shui and astrology. I think that's a little bit of wrong approach. However, they are fairly open to using these tools, which still doesn't mean that they're gonna, it's going to make them successful. There's a high component of free will choices, right? But they are at least open to using them. But I deal with a lot of clients who are not successful and we're trying to make them successful. So it's a bit of a misconception to just think that Chinese people are more successful because they're using these tools. Everybody can use these tools and be successful and everybody can use these tools and not be successful because you make the wrong choices. 
Right. But it's also the openness, right, Suzanne? At the end of the day, if you are not so open to these concepts because you haven't grown up with them or you don't even know about it, then you can't really use the resources it gives you. And that's the thing with, because there are a lot of tools in well-being itself, but not everyone understands it, uses it, and then actually implements it in your life. But for example, I would say Indian people, right? They're very comfortable with yoga. They're very comfortable with some religious concepts that have to do with free will and destiny and so on. And so there is this, it's easier for someone from that background to get into meditation or to get into some of these concepts because they've grown up with it. So do you get, do you see what I'm trying to say that it's, it's also about access and it's also about the openness. Of course, in an ideal situation, if we were open to a lot of different things, a lot of different things could help us, but it's also a question of how exposed we are and whether, you know, we can approach it with, with love and, and a more positive perspective rather than fear, which is your message for 2021. Correct? Yes, correct. Okay. Now, Suzanne, what are some specific dates and times that you can give us that are particularly useful for activities pertaining to maybe health, wealth, career, and relationships? Anything that really stands out that, you know, people could use, activate, as you say? Yes, there are a few dates that you can use for certain activities to actually prepare you for 2021. They don't have much to do with feng shui or with astrology. It's uh, They are more derived from Dunxia practices, which is a spiritual approach to Chinese metaphysics. And one date that is very important is February 12th because that would be a good day to cleanse yourself from all the type of negative energies that you've absorbed throughout the year 2020. Now, the time is a little bit inconvenient, but I highly recommend that you actually do it. So it's February 12th. It's very early in the morning, 1 a.m. to between 1 a.m. and 3 a.m. Timing is critical with these kind of things. So February 12th, between 1 a.m. and 3 a.m., you got to find just a quiet space in your home and make sure that you position yourself with the back of your head towards the east. So again, you need to have a compass. You can use your phone compass, the back of your head towards the east, because in Chinese metaphysics, we don't work with the third eye. We don't work with the crown chakra. For us, the sort of Wi-Fi connection to the universe is all at the back of the head. So align yourself with the east. And then basically just do a a meditation. It doesn't have to be very long, 10, 15 minutes max. Again, in metaphysics, Chinese metaphysics, we don't meditate for hours. It's usually between five to 15 minutes maximum. And just visualize how all the toxicity, all the negativity that you've absorbed over the past 12 months just leaves your body. And uh, you're being cleansed. Just let it flow out. And just let that happen until you feel that this is all gone. And then mentally intend that you are now free from all the baggage from 2020 and that you're now ready and open for whatever positive things are coming your way. So that's one thing that is very, very important to do. So you can actually prepare yourself and start 2021, the year of the metal ox on on a clean slate, so to speak. Okay, so I'll just repeat, Suzanne, that's February 12th at 1 a.m., 
right? So it's after midnight when it turns um, to February 12th. You're going to be facing, like you're going to be looking at the west since the back of our head is towards the east. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. And then we just meditate. And as you said, state our intentions for cleansing and looking towards the new year. Okay. Not just stating your intention, actually see it flow out. Okay. As like energy, the, yes. the chi. See the, see the negative energy and the toxicity flowing out of you. Don't just state the intention, actually make this happen. Okay. So use your visualization skills to be yeah. able to do this. Yeah. Okay. All right. And any other important dates to keep in mind? I would probably also use March 25th because it is a year where we really have to, let's say, get with the program. We have to learn a lot of new skills and we have to adapt and be able to quickly pick up new knowledge, whether that be an entire course of something or whether it's just something we quickly need to learn on the go. So March 25th is a day that we can use to trigger our super learning abilities. And again, um, the process is exactly the same. It's a meditation, just like with the cleansing one. But this time it's between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. on the 25th of March. Okay. And you have to sit with the back of your head towards the north. Okay. So facing south. And so, yeah, sorry, we're, we're not, we're never dealing with facing in, in Simon Dunsia. Yeah. So I'm absolutely not used to the way. Yeah. So ba- back to the North. And then you imagine that you're becoming really, really open for any new knowledge that comes your way. Basically imagine to become like a sponge. Yeah. You just absorb whatever knowledge is out there. And again, do this for I would say five to 15 minutes maximum. And then once you're done with it, within three days after you've done this, you actually start learning something new. Yeah, you Maybe. you start a course or you read a book or you watch YouTube videos on a particular aspect that you want to learn. And as mentioned previously, the East sector is good for learning. So then you can incorporate the feng shui aspect. So first you open yourself up for super learning abilities, and then you place yourself in the East and actually start your learning program. Fantastic. I mean, this sounds really exciting and it's something very easy for us to do. It's very easy. You see, it doesn't always require you to objects or whatever. None of this is needed with classical metaphysics. So anything else, Suzanne, that you can recommend for us? So if you would like to be able to accumulate wealth in 2021 or have a better ability or increase your ability to save money, you can use February 9th between 7 a.m., to uh, to 9 a.m. So that's early in the morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on February 9th. And for this, you should be locating or positioning yourself in the West sector. So again, you check on the compass, where is the West in your home or in your office? And you sit in the West you also sit in such a way that the back of your head is pointing towards the west. 
And then you think about and program yourself for the wealth goal you have. So you need to actually make a budget plan, for example, a savings plan. You write it all down. You, you make a plan. Yeah, wealth is not going to fall from the sky just because you did a particular um, meditation or manifestation. With Chinese metaphysics, you always need to follow up uh, meditation with action. So you meditate on the wealth goal you have. And then once you're done with that meditation, you write down while still in that sector, while still backing the West, you write down this, the budget plan you have, the savings plan you have, what do you want to achieve financially? And then within the first two, three days after this activity, you're making the first step towards this goal, whatever it is. Maybe you open a new bank account. Maybe you open a savings account and already put some money in there. You start. It's the important point is that you start doing something. I think between the wealth, the new abilities and cleansing yourself, I think these are three very powerful areas that we can activate for 2021. So thank you so much for that, Suzanne. Now, as a sort of final message to our listeners, what would you like to tell them, Suzanne, about 2021, about perhaps how to use today's conversation to get the best out of the coming year? What would you like to say to our listeners that you think might help? I would say that 2021 is actually a year that brings incredible opportunities if you are willing to get off the couch away from Netflix and actually <laughs> do the right thing. We have all been a little bit battered by last year and we're all exhausted about this whole thing that's going on. But it's really important that you power through, that you make the most of what's coming because you you do not have to fail. This can be an extremely successful year for you if you see the opportunities and then immediately grab them. Don't think too long because other people will take them. So... Go out there, be active. And I mean, I know it's difficult to go out there personally right now. Just do whatever you can over Zoom. You can be very, very successful. Those who take action will be the ones who come out of uh, 2021 and actually be thriving rather than just surviving. And, you know, to add to that, Suzanne, um, my husband has been a client of yours for the last couple of years. Since I, you know, I gave him the feng shui audit, I think as a birthday present yeah. when he moved into his new office um, warehouse space. And I was quite surprised. So he did the audit with you and he had you look at his space and, and give your recommendations and suggestions on what he should do. And he actually followed it. I think, you know, maybe 90% of this thick you know, book that you sent him of the things that he needs to do for that year, he followed it. And we did see a lot of his goals being realized, a lot of his sort of financial career, his dreams start to, to move into action. And since then, Suzanne, every year we do the update, right? So once you do an yeah. audit, then every year you can um, pay a nominal amount and you can update for the new year. And so every year he's very, very committed to following um, what you tell him 
you know, and of course there's some things that are just not possible, but whatever he can do. And I know it's almost to the T he does. And I've seen, you know, 2020 was a great year for my husband, given that it was a very difficult situation and it could have been very bleak for him as it was for many people, but he took a lot of action. And I think that the space he's in with your help really um, supported him to, I think, make the best out of the situation. So from personal experience, I do believe that the work you do, the calculations that you make, I know it's, it's something that takes a lot of time. It's, it's very detailed. Um, if anyone you know has worked with Suzanne or, or chooses to work with her in the future, there's just so much work that goes into the kind of recommendations that you give, but it works. It really does. And I do believe that, you know, there is so much out there in the universe that we can use if we knew about it, if we're more open to it. And that's kind of the message that, you know, has, has come through, I think, our conversation, Suzanne, that all we have to do is understand, you know, knowledge is power. Information mm. can be used. We can make better decisions, which lead to better outcomes. And so today's episode, you know, episode one of season two is all about, you know, what can we do to improve ourselves, improve our lives? What tools can we use? How can we learn from, from speakers like you, from guests like you that will help us, you know, uplift our lives, uplift ourselves and, and perhaps create the best possible opportunities for ourselves. So thank you, Suzanne, very much. I would love for you to take uh, a few minutes, if you don't mind, talking a little bit about your services, what you do, as well as how people can get in touch with you should they be interested in learning more. Sure. Thank you so much for the, for the opportunity. And um, I really hope that people take it to heart and rather than just feeling a victim of circumstances, take advantage of the energies you have now rather than being sad that you're stuck at home, actually see the opportunities because you can use your home now to your advantage. It's something that you weren't able to do before. So I really hope that people do take action. Now, you can find me online at uh, sujungconsulting.com. I will spell that. That's S-U-Z-H-O-N-G consulting.com. You can look for that as well on, on Facebook. I've got, on my website, I've got a link to Facebook. I've got a YouTube channel where three times a week I post small clips about dates that you can use in the upcoming days, easy feng shui tips, easy astrology tips. So you can subscribe to the YouTube channel as well and get tips and tricks throughout the year. So not just for February, March, but it's an ongoing series that I, that I have there. And yeah, if you have any questions about Chinese astrology, feng shui, how to apply it, I mean, you can always contact me via the website. I'll be happy to help you out. Thank you, Suzanne. It was definitely a very interesting conversation as expected. <laughs> and um, I think that Definitely our listeners had a lot to, to gain from it. And so did I, because I'm definitely going to put these dates in my, in my calendar and I'm going to use them. I think these are small things that we can do that go a long way to shifting sort of the energies in our, in our life. Once again, thank you for your time, Suzanne, and thank you for everything you have shared with us. You're very welcome and thank you as well. 
I want to tell all our listeners about the You Wellbeing Festival, a virtual well-being event happening on February 26th to the 28th. And both of us will be presenting there as well. The event brings together speakers, experts, and instructors from all over Asia to talk about various topics that relate to mind-body energy well-being. The event will feature meditations, workshops, panels, stories, and classes. Buy your tickets now by typing in youwellbeingfestival.com. So what are your takeaways from this episode? Please do post on Insta Stories and Facebook. Tag at Project Loving Myself Podcast and tag me too at Sanaya Gurnamal. That's S A N A I Y A H G U R N A M A L. Let's put this conversation online and start a ripple effect, sending positive vibes out to others so that they may learn, they may grow, they may find out that there are plenty of tools in the universe for all of us to use. Now, if this is your first time tuning in, I'm so happy to connect with you. And if you've been listening since season one, thank you for all your love. Our Project Loving Myself quote for this week is, instead of fighting the darkness, you bring in the light. And that's by Eckhart Tolle. So share your light with others and remember, you are loved. This is Sanaya sharing my light with you. Brought to you by Podcast Network Asia, powered by Podmetrics. Honestly, I'm having so much fun doing my own podcast and sharing this space with you. If you have a podcast, you can use Podmetrics for your analytics too. You can sign up at podmetrics.co and please use my code to sign up to support the show. My code is Project Loving Myself, no spaces, capital P, capital L, capital M. So Project Loving Myself, use this code to sign up. See you. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.